Yes, 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 people. Hope everyone's well. Hope everyone's eating. Hope everyone's drinking. My name is Edward. Um, I'm one of the janitors <laughs> for a little, 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 little organization somewhere across the rainbow. And I'm joined here by two champions, two leviathans, two honest vanguards. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm one. I'm joined here by my two sisters, and today we are going to embark on a socially distant roundtable conversation on something that you'll come to know about as we convert. Um, but first, let me introduce them, or actually, let me let them introduce themselves. And I hope, please, please, when you guys are introducing yourselves, please big yourselves up, as I've tried to do. Hopefully, I don't know if it was successful, but I've hoped. Hopefully, I was able to do you guys. Please pick yourselves up when you can introduce yourselves. I'm going to go to you first, Zara Big Sis. Please let us know who's in the building. Um, hi. So, my name is Zara Dalila. I uh, work at an organization called Thousand Currents, which runs, which runs a program called Africans in the Diaspora. Um, and I'm the African Diaspora Partnerships Manager, which means that I do all things Africans in the Diaspora or AID or AID. Um, so we're basically a network of Africans in the diaspora on the continent looking to pool financial resources, um, leveraging basically African solidarity and making that into something that can become liquid support for um, the partners of the Africa program at Thousand Currents in, who are based in, on the continent of Africa. So yeah, it's a recently revived program that was started out in 2012 by the now executive director of Thousand Currents, who's called Salome Lemma, the giant upon whose shoulders I aim to stand. And yeah, so, and and yeah, it started out as an independent program and then it got moved into Thousand Currents as Salome moved into Thousand Currents. Um, and now, yeah, we're just doing it all over again. <laughs> you see the power behind that? It's crazy. Oh, thank you for that. Thank you for that, big sis. And now we, we put the light to the other fire in the blue corner. Nas, what do you say? I'm Nas. I'm from, you know, a beautiful, a beautiful young emerging organization called Tribe Named Athari. And Athari means impact in Swahili, by the way. And yeah, we we are a Pan-Africanist organization. And we kind of just came about because we felt like there was a lack of um, Pan-African youth organisations in London or in the UK as a whole and we just wanted to bridge that gap between you know young people and like our elders and also create space for young people to just develop and learn and heal most importantly because we feel as though black people go through a lot of trauma but they're never really given the time or space to heal so that's a really important thing for us and yeah we're just here today to talk about some things and yeah I'm 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 happy to be here today so I'm I'm just gonna pass the mic back to our honorable host back to you thank you that felt like a that felt like a weather forecast for you know when they're like yeah back to you at the studio so I'm gonna be gas because I always wanted to be a weatherman you know but that's a you wanted to be a weatherman it sounds really mad but I guess <laughs> life takes a turn in it um <laughs> But yeah, now thank you both for your introductions and thank you for giving us an insight into the entities that you guys are essentially vessels, conduits, heralds of. Thank you for that. 
I'm going to try to stop guessing us now. Yeah, so I guess, Big Sis, I'm going to come to you first. I know you probably have a question to dash out there. So yeah, obviously, just wanted to use this space and time to explore a little bit about, to talk about us Africans in diaspora and tribe members diary coming together to make magic. So question for us all really is how did we end up in this partnership? How did it happen um, that these two forces were able to coalesce? Mm-hmm. I, I think from my perspective, I remember when, what was, I think it was an email. I think what happened was, um, I believe there was a, like a focus group going around um, that AID were conducting on like different movements around the globe. Um, so it wasn't just focused in one area, which I think when we first saw the email, because it was Nas, like Nas, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the one that first saw the email. You're like, oh, like this looks interesting. And I remember we went on the website and there all these fancy colors. And um, was, and I think what stood out was like, that there was that pan-African essence. And we're like, hold on a minute. Where, where have these guys been this whole time? Like, <laughs> I don't know, like it was just a very beautiful thing to see. And so we were like, yeah, we're down. Um, and I, I actually came to um, the first focus group. I think this was in December last year. So this is December 2020, if I'm not mistaken. And it was just, I think even from the minute I jumped onto the Zoom and, you know, we had, it was just family. It was just family vibes instantly. Like I remember there was an uncle from um, Suriname, big him up. I remember there was a, there was just so many different people. I, like I don't even think you know we had we had like it was it was I don't even know if I want to say diverse because it was just like it felt very human. That was a very human space, and that entire year, I I felt like my humanity was kind of stripped away, and it was nice to 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 be in a space where I wasn't just like, you know, reciting stuff and saying stuff. Like I was able to to feel free, and a lot of and and I think even there because I felt. After the meeting, I was thinking, rather did I say too much? Because the space just felt so welcoming and it was kind of healing for me. And I said it there as well, because I was the youngest in the focus group. You know, these are all experienced people that I'm speaking to. These are experienced family members and elders that I'm coming and I'm speaking to. But they just kind of let me do my thing. And to like for them to take in my perspective was something so foreign to me. Because like I think previously, and I highlighted it in the, in the focus group, I was like, damn, like, you know, we we often we'd encounter different hindrances in you know both outside and inside our community because we'd have to be like, oh, would you guys know you guys aren't part Africans yet? You know, and so it was nice. It was it was really like healing for me to be in that space and just to to feel that solidarity. And it wasn't even physical space, which as much as I wish it was, it wasn't. But I still felt part of the conversation and I still felt valued. So yeah, I think from day on. No, it's what, what happened? How do we how do we get to this point? Yeah. Um, I feel like after that, it was more so just us like both. I feel like we felt each other in the sense of just the connection was there and we wanted to work with each other. So, you know, we built well, we started building some sort of network or like a relationship with each other. And from then, you know we we got hit up with you know this crazy idea and we kind of just you know we were like yeah let's do it and that is what you're currently listening to what you will be listening to for the next couple of weeks it is a project that basically encapsulates people's pan-african identity 
in the modern day and it's a very important project but yeah that's pretty much how we came together and we've just continued to build our relationship and yeah like this this is we're, we're family now basically yeah I guess my I felt a lot of resonance with everything that you were both saying in terms of like the connection, the vibe and coming together in that space and what it's been like for Africans and the diaspora cult of it, like trying to hold that space and bring those people in. But I think for me, before we even got to the focus group, I remember reaching out to you because I was like, obviously, so Africans in the diaspora is not UK based as a project and Thousand Currents itself is based in the US. But I myself, as you could probably hear, um, I'm from London. And so I'd heard I'd heard about you in the kind of time before. And I just thought it was really interesting that I was like, you don't hear a lot of organizations coming up around this time that are kind of young and describing themselves as pan-Africanist. Like there's definitely people that or organizations that I'm like, the way that you move, I see like that pan-African energy in you. But I thought it was interesting that from the off you were describing yourselves as pan-Africanists and I thought and I think because yeah that's such a, a crucial part of like AID's way of moving and way of being just really wanted to be in conversation with you to understand that more deeply and yeah I think it just made a lot of sense in terms of that exploration of pan-Africanism being something that you were able to kind of lead and open up and explore yeah so I think from, from my side, that was where it kind of, I was really, really excited to connect on that level of being like, oh, wow. Obviously, like, I've been about, I've been about for a little, not a long, long, long time, but for a tiny little bit. And I was like, oh, I've never seen, I haven't seen this before. This is, okay, cool. Let's see what's happening. Um, and here we are. Yeah. <laughs> that just, yeah, that, it, like, it just sounds, to me, it was providence, right? if I'm being real in it, but I think there's no time for poetics. But Naz, I know you had like a burning question you're trying to ask in it, so please, please, I'm gonna pass the mic back to you. Yeah, um, of course, I was, I was about to quote you, you know, but then I forgot the words. So I was like, let me not disgrace myself. Um, I was gonna quote one of your songs, but you know. <laughs> Um, my question is, why is TNA interested in Pan-Africanism and why is AID interested in Pan-Africanism? The floor is yours. Mm. I think, um, I think, look at like, why, why would, like, why aren't we, why would we not be? I think, um what at least when I look at our collective definition like the consensus like because you know what I really value about TNA is that um, and I say all the time is that we all acknowledge that there is like a there's a there's a, there's a, um, a beast a principality that exists but we all understand as well like the weapons the, the tools that we'll utilize to kind of break that beast down it, they're all different and we value it and I feel like what I don't know I think what the 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 like the underpinning or the underscoring thing about like our belief or our, our interest in it is the the restorative factor I think even outside of TNA like when you when we would hear like about pan-Africanism 
what's often espoused about it is that yeah, like it, it's that restorative, like it's trying to restore, it's trying to bring, not even necessarily bring back in a sort of like exotism, but like it's trying to restore humanity or it's trying to restore, it's trying to heal. Um, and obviously, like like we said, like our ethos is all about healing. It's trying to, you know, it's trying to maintain and repair. And so I think it was that repairing nature of the thought, of the belief, but also equally like that unifying thing. Because I think when we, when we think pan, the fact that it spans. Hey, did you anyone see what I did there just now? Like, so um, yeah, the fact that it just spans so many different, you know, cultures and ideas and thoughts and concepts, like it is beauty. And I think naturally. We're all beautiful people, so it was only a matter of time that we could see that. Yeah, because even the way that we started wasn't that initially. It wasn't that at all. Like it was, we were gonna go and sit outside <laughs> the American Embassy for a couple of hours and then go. But then ultimately, what brought us together, what brought us closer, and what gave us purpose was that, you know. And um, yeah, that's the best way I could describe it without writing a whole novel on it. But yeah, hopefully that answers your question. But big sis, what are you saying? What, what what was AID's interest? In fact, what is it? Um, I, think, I mean, Africa the diaspora is like founded out of the principles of Pan-Africanism in the sense of like, well, the, the kind of, yeah, the principle of um, solidarity amongst Black peoples, Africans, Afro-descendant peoples. Um, and I think particularly in the last um, few years under um, Luam Kadane, who heads up the Africa program at Thousand Currents, that her, her leadership has very much brought a Pan-African lens into all of the work of the Africa program um, and really tried to, to shift that, that conception and language around Africa and Africans as, as being, um, yeah, not just about geography. And you'll see this a lot in like our writing. It's not just about geography. It's about us being peoples. It's about us being linked historically. Um, and I think the the purpose of Africans in the diaspora is this kind of network building, connecting Africans who are in different parts of the world, um, who are both on the continent and in the diaspora. And I think it's it's just so fundamental to to the the ethos of the project is this idea of um, yeah, separated but um, not disconnected, if you like, or something like that around. And I think, like you said, Edward, like at the early um, that those first um, focus groups, it's kind of like everything we do, every every like webinar or whatever, it's like we're cultivating that sense of family. And I think that's just, yeah, that's, that's really like working from a place of solidarity as Africans is our core focus. And that's what I think, yeah, that's what Pan-Africanism kind of, kind of, that's where Pan-Africanism becomes like crucial to us. And like I was saying earlier, like I think also I was just reflecting on that conversation we did have at the, the focus group. And there is something really interesting to me about that thing of like, even if it's not the word Pan-Africanism that you're used to, it's that whether like I remember someone else at a focus group talking about black, solid, black, black internationalist solidarity or something like that. And it's like there are these different terms and ways of talking that kind of weave us together as a people's whether it's that we're connecting through language or through food or whatever, that kind of, again, is like, is nourishing that Pan-African energy, that that connection, that unifying, that solidarity. And I think, yeah, that's, that's yeah, purpose, process and output for us is all of it. I feel like it's very similar to what Zara's just said about Africans in the diaspora. I do feel like 
I feel like, like you said, we we recognize as well that loads of people are Pan-African without even realizing it or, you know, practice Pan-Africanism without realizing what it is. And like you said as well, using different words for it. And that's one thing that we can say that we've seen in the youth as well um, across the diaspora. And we just think that it's important to, I don't want to say revive, but it's just important to bring it back to the forefront and, you know, um, let people understand what it is and bring more people um, closer to this ideology and way of life. It's really important to do that. I think that the youth nowadays, um, we just need, I think we need, we need more understanding and we need more patience. And I think that Pan-Africanism affords that to us. And it just allows us to be individuals, but also united under one umbrella for the same cause. I think Pan-Africanism is crucial to black liberation as well, which is something that is very dear to our heart and something that we all fight for. Like, why would you not be interested in Pan-Africanism is the real question. <laughs> this is why I was calling them heavyweights. <laughs> this is why I was calling them champions, but they won't take me in. I think off of the basis of that question, and thank you for that question. Um what do we what do we what what did what what did we hope to achieve, you know, with this conversation, with the conversations that are gonna come out? Like what do we expect, what what do we want to see? How do we want people to feel from these conversations? What do we want to, like, what's the vision, you know, behind these convos? I'm Zara, I'm going to go to you first, Big Sis. Yeah, beautiful question. I think, because, yeah, I think as you listen to the podcast going through them, they take, there's such, obviously it's each individual person's journey, relationship to experience, background, and it's a, such a breadth of people. But I think actually it's just about, fostering the conversation about having it I think we we really had a reflection on like what on the kind of like connotations or reflections of pan-africanism and thinking about like oh how can we bring people into into kind of vibing with it on the level that we're vibing with it to to in the hope that that kind of can cultivate some solidarity so it's not necessarily that like the intention was that people would have like epiphanies and everyone would become like pan-africanists tomorrow but I think it's just about that fostering the conversation I think there's a lot like I think it's important to say that there's a lot that the kind of each person's own views aren't representative of AID's views it's not necessarily that everything that is said is what we agree with but it's that what we wanted was to open up a dialogue open up a conversation and I think Tribe Named Dathari are like so well placed to do exactly this work that you've done so beautifully to kind of hold those spaces, hold those conversations and explore with people who are only just thinking about it, who've been thinking about it for a long time through all of these different lenses. And I think that's really what we wanted to achieve was, was that that conversation was to hear people's journeys, to hear reflections, yeah, cultivate a sense of and I think because myself, I'm quite conscious of this thing of like, we're often using different languages to describe the same thing. And again, like there's lots of different um, things that are like bits of the podcasts of each episode that I'm like, that's maybe not the language that I would use, or that's not the framing that I would use. 
but actually in hearing that articulation, we're one step closer to seeing how we can be in the same conversation and how we can find shared language and how we can kind of deep, more deeply foster that sense of Pan-African solidarity as to, yeah, keep building it, keep building those muscles and get better and stronger and more fluent at practicing Pan-African solidarity. So yeah, for me, really what, I, what, what, what my true hope for it was that it would open up some conversations about a term, a practice, an ideology that has hugely informed the work of myself personally and of this work. And that feels like it has huge importance to me. But that, yeah, there's more space to, exp that, 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 there's more space to explore. There's more conversation to be had for it to have that, for it to have, have it to, to stand in its strength and its impact. If I could click, I would click. I don't know how to click properly, but I really, I really felt that basis. I pass it over to um Sharon in the studio. Sharon, Sharon is talking to you. Sharon, I don't think Sharon can hear you. Um, not really, not really sure what to. Um, I'm just, I'm just gonna answer the question as well. Sharon can't hear us, but um. What did we hope to achieve with this conversation? I think that, like I kind of said before, I would literally just be repeating myself, but the aim is just to bring Pan-Africanism back on the radar and share how it's being displayed in the modern day and how people are living their lives, you know, as Pan-Africanists. I do think that it largely shapes our identity and it does unify people of the African diaspora and you know African heritage communities so yeah I would I would say that what do you hope to achieve with this conversation let me just flip it to our our honorable host you're not allowed to do that well, well I just I just broke the rules so you know pan-Africanism is about breaking the rules see what I did there that was good so there you go <laughs> I guess, yeah, what, what, what do you mean, what do I, what do I, mm. I think you guys underpinned it nicely, but I feel like just to like, put some cherries on top, I think, yeah, like we're not, I know I wouldn't expect anyone to listen to these different perspectives, these, sorry, different perspectives, different stories, and like wake up the next day and be like, yeah, like I'm ready, like let's, let's, let's go on this, let's do the things. No, nah, not even that. I think it just adds, it paints a better picture. And I feel like um, this here, and I was saying it, and I was, you know, yesterday, and even just like in our conversations about the project, like I've been saying how excited I am because for the first, not necessarily the first, actually, yeah, no, to be honest, if I'm being candid, for the first time, I feel like people will get, they will get, you know, like they, they, they can listen in and see that it's not just, you know, your middle-aged, you know, cisgendered, like, African man, you know, African heritage man talking about this, and it, it's different. It's a, Like I said before, it's a very human project, and it allows people to see that look, like, you don't have to be a certain way to be a Pan-African, like you guys said, like, Pan-Africanism is, it, like, people are Pan-African without even thinking, and I feel like this here will allow people to recognise that their stories are equally, like, important for the cause, you know, for the idea. And to kind of, like you said earlier, sis, like reawaken it, you know, it's been, it is there. And that's the thing, I think that's the most beautiful thing, like the idea never died. 
it didn't die with a generation of people. It still remains. And I feel like this project will help to kind of kick it going. And I think equally, it will help individuals, especially like, you know, the youth, like, to, 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 to grip, to quote myself directly, like, it will help us to really, like, hold, to hold the mantle that's been passed down, like, a lot more tighter than we have already. Like, we need to hold it, that, like, that whole thing of passing it forward. I feel like this project does that nicely and I'm just excited for people to listen to it and, and understand what part they have to play in this in terms of like restoration and in terms of healing so yeah man I'm, I'm gassed I'm gassed I'm, I'm gonna flip it back on you now what's that question that you you, you ask at like the end of like the, the interview I want to see what, and I want to know what your answer is to it hmm it seems like our host didn't do their homework I'm joking <laughs> the, I mean, it's not really a question. It's more so like a, a statement for you to complete the sentence. And you know what? I'm flipping it because I'm asking you. How about that? <laughs> so this is to both of you. To live without Pan-Africanism means... <laughs> Big sis, I'm throwing it to you still. <laughs> like hot potato and then pasta pasta. <laughs> Um, I think to live without Pan-Africanism is an untruth. Uh, I think it's a denial of our, our histories, um, of our journeys and the journeys of our four mothers and parents and fathers. I think to live without Pan-Africanism is, to, to me, conjures something around disconnection, separation, isolation, incompleteness. Yeah, it's almost like I can see a hand reaching and then nothing else touching it back. That's what that image of living without Pan-Africanism is. I'm going to pass it to the brave young soul that's going to speak next. I'm not brave, so I'm, no, I'm assuming that's you. <laughs> I like, I'm not really sure, like, is brave, like, is that a beverage? Is that, um, is that a clothing brand? Not really familiar with that one, but, you know, okay, I'll, I'll just, I'll go for it. To live without Pan-Africanism, and to, to just quote all the amazing people that we've spoken to on this journey, to live without Pan-Africanism is betrayal. I feel like it's heartbreak for our ancestors that came before us, you know, that did the work, that laid the foundations, that passed the baton. You know, it's like, we don't even, we're not even stretching our hands out to, 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 you know, reach for the baton. You just left, you just left it to drop altogether. And that baton is such a huge symbol. Yeah, I think ultimately it's, it's, it's betrayal and it's neglect for those that came before us. And I think it's irresponsible for, you know, children of the continent or children from African heritage communities to not acknowledge pan-africanism and to keep it alive thank you very much guys that was amazing <laughs> no, I'm joking. Nah, like, that, that, those are very two like important statements um to make on it but i know that the tech team will grill me if i don't say something as well in it so i'll just say it quickly i think in consensus with what you guys have said about that like, legacy like to live without pan-africanism means to disregard everything that was you know um, and Du Bois once said um don't you understand that the past of the present that what that without what was 
nothing is that of the infinite dead the living are but unimportant bits and I feel like to live without Pan-Africanism is to essentially uh, disregard all that was you know and to just remain in a, in a, in a state of anti-humanity and I feel like yeah that's just a dead reality in it <laughs> to keep it short and simple it's dead no one's trying to do that but yeah man um I just want to thank you both for your your contribution for your contributions what you guys are going to contribute but I think even before like I start doing the whole hosting I want to say if you guys I wonder if you guys had any final words for people listening in people that are about to embark on this journey yeah I just wanted to add quickly on what I was saying before I think it's also um just to add to that phrase of like to live without pan-africanism and I think it's there's it's important to add that what I mean is to live without pan-africanism for me um, and that's obviously not a comment on like other people's relationship to Pan-Africanism. And I think, yeah, just because I think it's important to, that this, this this podcast is a space to explore and ask questions. Um, and it's a space without expectation or judgment. And so, yeah, I just hope people come with a curious and open ear and get something out of it that makes them feel a sense of resonance and family which is what I feel like those are the, the senses I've felt in the partnership that we've had. So I hope that that, that transpires through the work that we've done. I know. Oh, man, that's just, you're actually a legend. I love you, and I can't lie. <laughs> Madame Nas, You know what? I'm, I am really excited about this project. I'll be, I'll be so honest. Like, from the beginning till now, it's been really rewarding and it's going to be even even greater when it finally gets out there and people can hear what we've you know been working so hard on for so long and I just want people to I just want people to learn I want people to take it in I want people to listen to it with an open mind I want people to I want people to reflect I want people to I want people to see if they can see themselves in everyone's individual journey I want people to see if they can recognize where, you know, how, where they are in their Pan-African journey, if they've started it, you know, I, I just want, this is, this is, this is a project out of love, I feel like, and I really, I really, really do like, especially to the young people, I really want them to take this in and internalize what's been said and, you know, I want it to inspire them to I guess, yeah, just progress on their Pan-African journey and and just be great at the end of the day, you know? Yeah, I think I think that's really it. Like, I, I'm not really sure what else to say. I feel like you guys have said some amazing things and it's really hard to top, you know, the godfather, I mean, the godson and the goddaughter of Pan-Africanism, which is you two, so, yeah. Don't do the gas, don't try to do the gas. None of us identify as that. I'm just saying, I'm just saying, from my perspective, that's that's how I, you know, that's how I see it. So, you, you guys are just gonna have to firm it. That's unfortunately, you guys have heard it from the top dons themselves. People going on that, um, terminology. <laughs> so, literally, um, I'm not gonna say anything else. You, I hope you guys have a beautiful journey and like you know whether you're going to listen to it on your speakers 
your earphones, anything if you want to use radio, Kindle. I don't know what people use these days, but please, like, like you heard, just listen to it, take it in. And we'd love to know what you see from it. So, um, yeah, like this is, I think the saying is Ashe, but, um, you know, the elders tend to say that when we go to different things. But literally, like we, we're sending, you know, this conversation with Field of Love, the stories of Field of Love, um, Pan-Africanism is love. And with love, we now send you to go away and go and listen to this thing. So, yeah, in the end of it.